Lynch Thursdays. Top 10 Thursdays. <laughs> <laughs> and it has a license to podcast. And I'm your host, Sean Lemmy. John Osney. Colin Westman. I'm so sorry. I had no idea my Sean Connery was so bad. That was great. <laughs> it was it's so like bad that it made mine even more terrible than it would have been. It's just you guys a black are all too humble. Of You're all too sucking humble. Sucking everyone in. It's like I was in Dragonheart. <laughs> <laughs> but Sean Connery, because we're talking about James Bond. Because there's no James Bond movie. And I'm going to try it either. Is any James I, Bond I say we just do the out? whole podcast like that. <laughs> okay. Uh, but yeah, there's a new Bond movie coming out, Skyfall. Uh, there's a lot of other Bond movies that we like to some extent. But there's so many of them, it's hard to kind of narrow it down. Do we do best Bond movies, best Bond characters, whatever? So we're doing theme songs because that's something that we can all accomplished beforehand yeah none of us have seen all the james bond movies that's that's like impossible we we made a good run a couple years ago but yeah over the course of like two months we watched nine of them uh i think i've seen a total of 13 that's i that's (laughs) That's i still don't feel like i'm qualified to talk about all of james bond just because i've only seen 13 (laughs) of them i only got 10 more probably more than i've seen mostly it's it's the 80s which kind of kills us and i think that's going to be the tricky part when we're talking about theme songs uh but we we can talk we can tell you about the classics and i think that's what's important and uh we're skipping dr no because i think the theme to that is the james bond theme and and that's just you know the classic that would run away with this if it was on the list i think yeah probably it's pretty iconic but we're going to do just, I think, every other movie except for that weird Sean Connery knockoff one from the 80s. I didn't check to see if that had a theme song. Doesn't matter. Uh, yeah. So, But I think we have all the other ones um, up to Skyfall. Uh, so that'll be interesting. Do you guys just want to dive right in? Sure. Start the mission? Yeah, we never say no when someone says you want to just dive right in. No, No, John, I don't want to dive right in. I want to talk about, do you like the James Bond theme better than the Mission Impossible theme? Yes or no? (laughs) I I like the James Bond theme better. Because Mission Impossible, there's not even a bomb that explodes in the opening (laughs) credits of the TV show. It's all this buildup. At least the James Bond intro has him, like, shooting a guy's... I don't know. Is that the barrel of a gun that points at him? It's your eye. I thought it was his eye. He's oh. shooting into another gun. <laughs> <laughs> That's a hell of a name. Why yeah, is blood coming yeah, out of the exactly. gun? <laughs> Dude, there totally is. I can't remember which one. I think it's one of the Pierce Brosnan ones. Or maybe it's the first Daniel Craig <laughs> I like how this whole podcast Royale. is They like, like throw uh, a CG bullet in and it flies through the barrel of the gun. Like, seriously? How does he do that? This whole podcast is going to be like, oh, I think it's this one, but I'm not sure. Because <laughs> I haven't seen all of them. All right. Well, should we dive right in? Yes, let's shake it up. No! <laughs> Sean's got another question. Uh, uh, how do you feel about Sam Mendes directing the new one? 
Ah, uh, fine. <laughs> Do we really need to stop it for that? I know. You want to challenge me again? <laughs> oh. From Russia with Love is the first song we're looking at from the movie From Russia with Love. It's by uh, Matt Monroe. From Russia with love, I fly to you, much wiser since my goodbye. I think this song is a lot like uh, like the Dr. No, like the classic James Bond theme, just with lyrics on top of it, you know? It has, it has kind of the same feel to me. Uh, I don't agree with that. I, it's pretty Russian. I feel like the... Oh, wait, oh, you mean like the singing song in Dr. No? Or like the instrumental? The instrumental. Well, the instrumental is like spy music. This is, I feel like, more like far more European. It's got like the Russian string instruments and everything. It's got the whole, you know, Eastern European feel to it. But I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll see. Should we provide as much context as we can with these movies? Uh, okay, so no from, from Russia with Love, if I can recall, James Bond has to retrieve uh, a Soviet encryption device, and he gets involved with a Russian spy. And then Spectre tries to assassinate him because James Bond is always being almost assassinated. <laughs> but I'm sure you guys know all about the plot from the from Russia with Love video game. Yeah. Didn't we all play that? For about we played ten, the ten multiplayer. Minutes. I don't think there was much story in in that. Yeah, it, that, that's pretty much what the movie's like, though. Uh-huh. <laughs> I've seen them from Russia so with Love, people. but God, I don't remember like anything about it. That and Doctor No kind of blend together. Is from me. Russia with Love the one where they're like, there's like a shootout, and I just remember like a picnic table or something. <laughs> Those those are incredibly vague clues, and, and a lot of, a lot of um, train stuff. Is that true? Maybe. I, what I what I do remember is I remember it opens with like the Russians are doing this uh, this like practice kind of thing where there's this guy who looks just like Sean Connery and he gets shot and they take off his face and it's like an agent. I remember that. Yeah, and then I remember there's a lot of scenes like on a train. Yeah, that's what I remember. There's a lot of train action in this movie. <laughs> Uh, this isn't one of the more exciting ones, but it's it's it was fine. I I I think I enjoyed it. Um, back to the theme. Uh, yeah, I mean it's okay. I I I wonder like why do they go with this Matt Monroe who I've never heard of? He like, sounds kind of like Frank Sinatra. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but some kind of lounge singer. But I mean, if you're gonna do a crooner, you might you might as well go big. You know, get Sinatra, get Dino. But no, they go Matt Monroe. I guess, I think he's English. That's probably why. You know, one thing that bugs me with this song is he doesn't just say Russia. He says Russia. You know how, like, British people pronounce, like, ah, r? <laughs> yeah. Like, Russia. instead of ah, r, Russia with love. <laughs> it's like rushing the relationship. <laughs> rushing. Uh, but, I mean, I like I like the, the backing instrumentation. I mean, it sets up, like, the locale, like, oh, this is going to be, like, east in Eastern Europe. Like, I get that. But I don't like that. It's not, like, spy-oriented, you know? It doesn't get you, like, pumped. It's too ballady, which 
I think will come up a lot with a lot of these themes. Yeah, but that's how I feel like James Bond themes are like that. I mean, this is one I go back. This is one of my favorites. I think I just think it's really beautiful, and that's how I I picture a lot of those sequences. You know, going in and out of different trippy stuff, and uh, I really like it. I'm just impressed by some of these other Bond themes find a perfect balance between like almost kind of rock and, and ballad. Yeah. And like this one's just ballad. And that's fine. I think I just personally have a preference to some of the ones that have like are more – I feel more spy oriented. This one's – I mean I don't know. Maybe it is a little mysterious just slightly. But it's, I think it's too lounge singery for me. So it's very lovey-dovey. I don't feel like it has enough intrigue and swagger, but it's fine. I think most, a lot of these early ones have potential. These early ones are probably going to be the best of the lot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Quiet. Yes. <laughs> uh, well, I don't think we need to get rid of it yet. If Nancy likes it, I'm fine with it personally. Well, what does is, what is Sean think? Uh, I'm just thinking about the next song on our list, uh, which is Goldfinger by Shirley Bassey. Shouldn't or perhaps get away with that. Not to be confused with uh, Gold Member. Did that have a theme song? Did Beyonce do something? She might have. I don't remember. She most definitely had to. (laughs) You think so? I think she was contractually obligated. Of course. I'm not going to pass. I know she's saying something. Yeah. Huh. Before we get into the theme, uh, when we were watching all the Bond movies, me and Nancy... Something that I liked about this movie is out of all the movies we watched, out of all the early Bonds, it's definitely the easiest to follow. So many of these Bond movies are so confusing. It's like, I have, I have no idea what the fuck is going on. And it's funny because you don't, you don't really, you like fake yourself into thinking you know what's going on. For like I know, I remember like from Mission of Love, we were just like, that's going on, right? Like, yeah, that's it. Like, we like had to like stop and like talk about what was happening. <laughs> Like we're just both watching, like like pretending like we know what's going oh, yeah, on. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> but no, Goldfinger is real simple. It's just like this madman, Goldfinger, and he wants to destroy like all the gold at Fort Knox because he wants to destroy the world economy so that he can kind of like rule. Like that's just a very basic like super villain plot, and I totally get that, and it's awesome. And Goldfinger's a great villain. And what I love about this theme is, like, the theme is all about him. It's like, who is this guy, you know? Who is this sick son of a bitch? <laughs> He's got a cold finger. What does yeah. that mean? Dude, <laughs> you don't want to get poked by this. You want to get poked Mo-mo? by his cold finger? <laughs> you like, ugh, why'd you do that? Burr. Give me a little chill. Oh, oh plus Goldfinger, oh, back to the movie, has Oddjob, you know? And Oddjob's yeah. a thug you love to hate. Remember when we used to play Goldeneye with Mike on the N64? And he'd play his odd job and he'd be stuck in duck mode and then just jump so you couldn't, like, get him? You know what I'm saying? No. Uh-huh. I blocked well, that it's out. all about... Ro- 
Odd Jobs parody in the Awesome Powers movies, Random Task. Oh, yeah. He performed <laughs> random tasks. You, you, you heard about what happened to the actor who played Random Task, right? He's like a murderer or something. <laughs> right? He's serving, he's serving life imprisonment for gang rape and then murder. Like, I, I think the murder may have been in prison. Don't mess but, with the random task. Let's the not take random task. <laughs> that's horrible. Let's not take that away from Odd Job. Odd Job's cool. Anyway, uh, yeah, I like the, the Goldfinger song. Like, you can tell it's definitely about Goldfinger. Like, I feel like so many of these songs are like, is this supposed to be about the villain? Is it supposed to be about James Bond? I can't really tell. <laughs> They're singing about someone. But it's like, yeah, it's about Goldfinger. It like it's all about so, setting the tone, yeah. It's so sassy. Very sassy. You got those horns going. Sassy Bassy. What, what do you guys think about Shirley Bassey's voice? Because yeah. I have mixed feelings. I think it's kind yeah. of straining on me. It's a little shrill. Yeah. But I, I agree. I just think this song's so awesome that like I can get past it. I agree with that. For it, you know? um, I think it's a great song. The voice is a little much for me. It's like no matter what volume I have it at, she's like so loud and like. She loves only gold. <laughs> yeah, I think the song is great, and I love the horns and the. It, this one is what I'm talking about. This has like the spy feel to it. Those are one of my favorite Bond themes have. Yeah. Plus, is that sweet scene on Frasier where they, Niles and Frasier sing it with their oh, yeah. dad. That was pretty good. Yeah, this one's on the list. I think so. Is that all we got for that one? Can we say the same for Tom Jones's theme to Thunderball? Thunder, thunder, thunderball. Anyway. I uh, I remember when we were watching this one, Nancy. Uh, you made like a comment on how you like how some of the Bond themes, like this one, incorporate little snippets of like the original Bond theme. You know, yeah. Like the ones that incorporate, like build off of that. You know, this one has da 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 da, and I, I love just that incorporation to this one. It's so cool. But Thunderball. Let me see. This one's he goes to the Bahamas. Nuclear warheads. Emil Largo has like an extortion scheme. It's a bunch of sweet underwater battle scenes. The best. That's the what best. I remember about it. Just lots of harpoon fighting. Hella harpoon fighting. It's got one of my favorite <laughs> Bond one-liners where he's sitting on the beach and then he shoots a guy with a harpoon gun. He's like, oh, I think you got the point. <laughs> it's like, you just committed murder. <laughs> it's not murder. But that's fucked up. But no, when we were when we were watching it all, I think we agreed that this one was the most entertaining. It was just the most fun. Yeah, I remember it was the also semi. So it was also like, semi uh, easy to follow along. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, I don't remember. It was, it was, it was really uh, well paced, like real just actiony. So I don't remember if, if how well I was following it, but it was definitely it kept my interest. 
I just remember it's got like the sweet opening where he's in the mansion, he's shooting all these guys, and then for some reason he just has like a jetpack and he goes, he like flies off, and you never see that jetpack again. It's like, where do you get that jetpack? <laughs> I don't know if that's on the poster. I think some some posters have them with the jetpack, but it's only in the opening. <laughs> but no, that was sweet. Yeah, hella harpoons. Uh, Tom Jones, he put so much into this vocal performance. Yeah, I was reading this. I was reading this thing. I was doing some research, uh, Wikipedia, that like there's this like legend that he passed out on the final note. <laughs> I can see that. He blew out his thunderbolt. He just sings so hard. He just dropped he was, his sex bomb. Thunderballs to the wall. There's so many something... great jokes with that title. Yeah, and it just seems weird, like hearing him belt out Thunderball. <laughs> I feel like Thunderball, that's, that's to me the first, like, really, really dumb James Bond title. I mean, it, it, it certainly drops off a lot uh, in the future. But, you know, I guess, I guess if I heard Goldfinger without knowing it, I'd be like, eh. They could do better. But I don't Thunderball. Know what Thunderball was? What was Thunderball? Like, is it like Thunderdome? I don't remember there ever being anything called Thunderball in the movie. Just a sweet title? <laughs> Just a sweet title. Oh, yeah. Is that Bond's porn name? <laughs> no, no, no. You got to hide in the quantum. Thunderball. You should do erotic, erotic Bond poetry. Please don't. Please. Please don't. <laughs> oh, it is funny. I found something else about this song that was pretty funny. You know, for most of these Bond themes, whenever they announce a new Bond movie, there's usually a couple people that record, like, a version and, like, submit it. And then, they, you know, they pick an artist or whatever. And uh, one of the artists who recorded a song for this was Johnny Cash. And I was listening to his version of Thunderball. And it's, still, it's like a total cowboy theme. There's a Thunderball rolling in. You know, it was just like... This would not have worked at all. <laughs> it's got like whistling in it, like, you know, like Ennio Morricone type whistling. Thunderball, Thunderball. <laughs> it's like, why they didn't use it. You can find That's it on all. YouTube where people take the theme and put it to the opening credit sequence. It's pretty, <laughs> it's not like bad. It's just like, it's like, this is a spy movie. James Bond isn't a cowboy. It's not, <laughs> this isn't John Wayne as James Bond. <laughs> He's just doing what he knows. Yeah, but you, you got to be true to yourself. And Johnny Cash is doing what he does. Mm -hmm. uh, John, John Wayne would have made the greatest James Bond. <laughs> it's just like, it's just funny in my head. He wouldn't drink a martini. He'd just drink like malt just, liquor. Just have a whiskey. <laughs> oh, whiskey. Just have this straight. <laughs> He'd never have, like, good one-liners either. <laughs> well, he's dead. Exactly. <laughs> he's dead. Better clean that mess up. He's still wearing the cowboy hat. He's got a tuxedo and a cowboy hat. Yep. How about we just go have sex? <laughs> it sounds like that uh, Australian sketch from SNL. Oh, yeah. 
was all about that. Stuff. That was weird. I was not aware that that was an Australian stereotype. <laughs> what? That they're bad actors? Well, that they're bad actors, or that they're just like emotionally stunted, or <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure what they are going for. Actually, I feel like. What do you mean, bad actors? Come on, Russell Crowe. No, I'm not saying that. Kate Blanchett. I just felt like it was just Crocodile Dundee. Just using Crocodile the Dundee. just using the stereotypical accent. That's what I got. I don't know. I thought it was hilarious. It's interesting. Yes. Louis C.K. did the best Australian accent of all three of them. Yeah, but I felt like the, that he did that. That that made it the worst accent. <laughs> Shall yes. we move on since we're talking about something that doesn't have anything to do with James? But yeah, Thunderball. Tom Jones passing out equals funny. <laughs> but as they say, YOLO. Or YOLT, according to the next film. You talking about You Only Live Twice? I'm talking about it. the most sweeping intros to a Bond theme. I mean, that's that's epic how that just just comes at you. See, here's one that I think is a ballad, but also still incorporates like little spy things because it's got like that electric guitar that follows along with the melody. Yeah. And, and it also sets the tone with like, it has that like xylophone that has the, whatever that is that at the starting that has like an Asian feel to it, some sort of instrument like that. And this one takes place in Japan. Uh, most days, yeah. That's great. This one is was pretty boring in my memory, though. What was uh, the plot again? Yeah, I just remember when we watched it. Two people fell asleep. <laughs> <laughs> it was like it's not like it was like midnight. It was like eight o'clock. <laughs> so no, this one is in Japan. There's like ninja agents. Sean Connery flies this funny little helicopter. I guess that part's pretty good. <laughs> I, I remember liking this. Is this the one where they go to the to like the mountain? And there's like a base in the mountain. Yes. Yeah. I remember that, liking. That was cool. The last yeah. half is cool. It just there's a lot of like slow spots. Yeah. Like the part where he's a Japanese man and he's like <laughs> romancing this Japanese woman. It's just like really like slow and like racist. And tracks. Yeah, it's like <laughs> he, he does it. Sean Connery is not a convincing Asian person. <laughs> yeah. I don't remember why he was doing that either. He's trying to get laid. What was that movie Sean Connery did uh, where he's like the Japanese culture expert? Uh, was it this one? <laughs> Apparently not. Sounds like he was, I don't know, maybe he was successfully blending in. Yeah, uh, it's, it's it's like a weird murder, and he's mm. like, I know how Japan works. He does it inside. I know how Japan works. I'll show you. Uh, but Wesley Snipes is in it. I think that's the guy. He's like the detective. He's not playing a Japanese person, is he? No, 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 no. There's Japanese people have a murder happen in their like business in America. Mm. I feel like I vaguely know what you're talking about. Yes. 
And it helps me understand you only live twice that much more. What? what? I love this song. It is great. They used it in the Mad Men season finale this year. That was cool. That was very so, cool. Two I, thumbs up. I like it a lot also. How do, yeah. they, how do they incorporate the um, You Only Live Twice into the movie? Did someone die and then come back? Mm. Did Bond kill them again? I don't oh, recall, kill. actually. Yeah. Maybe his Asian alias died. Uh. <laughs> He's living James two Hong. lives. <laughs> James Hong. <laughs> James Hong. <laughs> <laughs> Where are those movies? <laughs> James Hong. <laughs> uh, but no, I agree. I like the theme. I think Nancy Sinatra is a good choice. Their voice isn't like too acrobatic. Some of these female vocalists just like belt it out. You know, they go, they, they reach too high. And I think this one finds just a nice, more gentle mid ground to that. It's easy on the ears. <laughs> And it's I probably like the theme actually better than the movie, which is interesting. I mean, there's some we talked about some cool stuff about it. I didn't even mention that this is the one where Blofeld looks exactly like Doctor Evil. Like this is where like Doctor Evil got it. You know, the look for him came from this movie. Don Pleasance plays Blofeld in this, and he's got like the scar and the kitty and the jumpsuit. That's <laughs> yeah. pretty funny. I'd say this one isn't my favorite, but there's definitely a lot worse. I wouldn't say this one's like bad. It's just yeah. slow. Yeah, there's some pretty, pretty good parts. Like you're saying, that bass is pretty sweet. Like it's a mountain that opens up. Like that's pretty <laughs> badass. I, I love Bond movies with like sweet, elaborate villain bases. Yeah, those <laughs> are always Bears. cool. And yeah, the music was really good. And there's some night. And the, the, he's got the funny little helicopter. Look out that funny little helicopter. It is hilarious. It is the best. That was that is my favorite James Bond poster. Just that little helicopter. Yeah, the poster is riding the funny little helicopter. <laughs> oh man. But it sounds like we all like it. Mm-hmm. Shall we move ahead? Sure. Why not? I mean, we have all the time in the well, world. Unless Sean uh, objects. Like Ooh. Sean said, we have all the time in the world. <laughs> unless. We have all the time in the world. I don't remember this movie at all. On Her Majesty's. What are you talking about? This is the one weirdest one. Never mind. I was thinking. That there was a movie called We Have All the Time in the World. I was like, I don't remember no, watching This is from Honor Majesty's Secret Service, remember? Yeah. It's like the weird one that stars emotionally stunted Australian actor George Lazenby. <laughs> it's so weird because we're, like, I went into this being so excited, like, okay, I've read all over the internet that this is supposed to be the best James Bond movie, and it was by far not the best James Bond movie. I just remember it opens, I think it opens with, like, a fight on a beach. And just v- visually, it doesn't look good. It looks like the quality of the film is kind of, like, downgraded. And then it's edited in, like, the most confusing way. Like, this movie has, like, so many parts where it's like, is that an editing mistake? Like, where <laughs> the movie speeds up slightly or slows down or there's these weird cuts. It's like it was made by, like, a totally different studio or something. Uh, I think there are some good parts about it. Uh, but yeah, I, I like I, that. I like, the team of femme fatales being brainwashed in their sleep? 
Yeah, I mean, that, that's that's one of the funny parts about this movie. This movie is basically about James Bond going to the Swiss Alps and then getting laid 50 times in a row. <laughs> <laughs> he goes to this retreat in the Swiss Alps where these women are being brainwashed, and there's just this one night where he just goes from room to room, and he's, like, boating his way to freedom. <laughs> I would say that is an accurate description yeah. of this movie. There's so many sex puns. It's like half of his dialogue. <laughs> is that why people on the internet like it so much? Is probably. Just all the perverts out there all about it. It's just this so one weird, might have like, the most boning. It's like, in, and that's what makes it so entertaining that like it's such a stereotype of the character in that fashion. You know what I mean? Like it's... It's like, I can't believe that this is real. Like, this is an actual Bond movie. Yeah. And George, George Lazenby sucks. I would, isn't he dubbed in, too, or something like that? Something weird. Probably. Really? Like, they didn't trust him as an actor for some reason. All I can't remember. That could, be, that could be wrong. Um, I feel like he kind of sounded Australian. Or maybe they got an Australian guy to dub his lines. Or maybe he dubbed it in later, and it just sounds kind of weird. I've seen her call some something with his his uh, audio or his voice that was that was a little weird. Uh, I don't know, but it, it was it's kind of a weird movie in general. Yeah, there's just. But I, lo- I love those sex puns, though. It's got it's got the little stiff one. I can't remember the setup to that where he's sitting down at the table and he's wearing a kilt. Yeah, well, they just like ask him if like he's feeling okay. He's like, oh, I'm just feeling a little stiff. And of course, this has one of another one of his great one-liners to someone being murdered. I think you guys all know that one, right? The skiing one. Has everyone seen this? No, I haven't seen it. I just figured that people knew that because it's one of my favorite, where he's what skiing and the guy, uh, one of the bad guys, goes into like a, one of those snowblower machines. <laughs> like blood, like comes all out of it, <laughs> and then he says, "Looks like he had some guts." <laughs> Because I saw them, literally. I saw them flying through the air. <laughs> Therefore, I have scientific proof that he had guts. That's like one of those graphic deaths of a henchman in a Bond movie. His guts literally lets fly out of his mouth. He gets, he gets Fargo'd. <laughs> oh, he got Fargo'd. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's that's pretty awesome. There's some cool parts of this movie. It's just like as a whole, it's weird. Yeah. And it's definitely... Kojak as Blofeld is kind of weird. He doesn't <laughs> seem quite right for the part. But on to the theme. The uh, This one had an instrumental theme over the, ma- the main credits. But I, I seem to recall in the middle of the movie is when they... I probably... Dur- I assume during a rom- some romantic scenes is when they whip out We Have All the Time in the World, Louis Armstrong. And this one, I think, is real beautiful. Um, for you guys that haven't seen the movie, what did you think about this thing? I have uh, seen the movie. Oh, yeah? I think I'm just the only one that hasn't seen it. Okay. Uh, I, I really like it. It's really, yeah, it's really pretty, really tender. Wasn't yeah. Louis Armstrong, like, <laughs> about to die when he recorded this? Uh, I think he died a few years after, but he was definitely in failing health when he did this. Yeah. So it's funny. It's like it adds like an irony to it. Like we have all the time in the world except for the guy singing it. Is that why it's like no trumpet? There is trumpet. He doesn't play it. There's trumpet later. 
but yeah, he, he was he was in failing health, so yeah, he's vocal voices may have been more strained than usual. I don't know. It's just his style. I like it. Um, and he didn't play the trumpet on it, but I think John Barry, uh, the you know Bond composer of most of the Bond films, said that alongside Goldfinger, this was his favorite. Like it was the best piece of music he ever wrote for a Bond movie. So he really likes it. Uh, and I really like. It. I love I love the string pattern. The doo doo doo. It's it's sweeping, and I but I still think it captures that spy thing, and that's real important to me. Um, and I just think it's an interesting choice. You wouldn't expect Louis Armstrong to sing a Bond theme, like Mm-mm. say what? You'd expect like a, a a crooner or something or. R&B sensation. I don't know. R&B sensation, huh? Yeah, but it's uh, it's about true love. True love is forever. Which that movie is not about. <laughs> sure it is. Well, you, I guess not. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> so he just begs 50 women in one night. It's true love, baby. It doesn't sound like true love to me. And the memories will last them forever. Probably. <laughs> I'm sure I'll remember that night forever. Diamonds are forever. Return of Shirley Bassey. Diamonds are forever. They are all I need to please me. Stimulate to tease me. They won't leave in the night. I've no fear that they might desert me. This song is too. Uh, I'm gonna go with innuendo y for me, for my tastes. What do you mean exactly? I feel like it's all about just pleasure of the sexual kind. <laughs> Maybe I mean I'm sure that ties in. It is about diamonds too. I seem I seem to recall diamonds do, do play a part in this movie. Were they were were they using diamonds to power some laser? Is that what it was about? <laughs> that sounds like something they do. Is this the one where they uh, where it starts off and they're like at a hotel and they're like pool. possibly. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, it was. It was a hotel. And I think the, most of the film is set in Las Vegas, which really isn't used to its full potential. That seems like the perfect location for James Bond. Yet, I seem to recall Diamonds Are Forever was... Of the ones we watched, I definitely thought it was the stupidest. <laughs> it was pretty dumb. Sean Connery came back for this one. The reason he wasn't in Our Majesty's Secret Service is because he retired from the character. He's like, oh, I've done enough times. And George Lazenby, they're... He was welcome to come back, but he's like, no, I'm going to go do my own thing. <laughs> Just be unemployed for 40 years. <laughs> so they gave Sean Connery a bunch of money and he came back. Uh, but this movie is so stupid. There's so many weird things in it. I, I, uh, I recall the, the two really ineffective homosexual henchmen who talk in the first person. Remember those guys? Oh, yeah. Like Mr. Kip and Mr. Wit or Wim or... They don't like. They don't do anything. They're what do you terrible. mean talking the first person? Every, everyone talks in the first person. Not first. Yeah, I don't. I mean, well, third, third person. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, 
but they're they're really weird. You, you kind of have to see them to uh, to believe them. And then of course there's the chase scene in the desert between motorcycles and a prop moon rover. <laughs> Go on. It's like James Bond steals this moon rover that they're using. It's like a prop on this demonstration in the studio. They're like practicing this like this moon rover thing, and he steals it and he's in like the Nevada desert. And there's these guys on motorcycles. It's like, well, they have motorcycles. They clearly have the upper hand. He's just riding some dumbass moon rover prop. Yet all guys on motorcycles all crash. I'm sure they all died. James Bond gets away in this thing that goes like five miles an hour. <laughs> there's so many little ridiculous touches to it. Like, Blofeld goes undercover as a woman for absolutely no reason in one scene. He's, like, in the back of a car, just like a woman. <laughs> Who plays him in this one? I Some British guy. I don't know. <laughs> oh, it's cool. It, it's certainly not Kojak. Yeah. He was pretty lame in my, my memory. As for the song... Uh, I mean, it's probably better than most of the stuff in the movie, so there's a plus. It it, it definitely seems to be a product of the 70s, this, this song. I don't know. I'm just not feeling it that much. I think it's fine. Uh, I like it, although <laughs> this song's weird for me because actually uh, the first time I heard it, it was sampled in a Kanye West song. Which is a pretty good song, mainly because it milks this one a lot. It's not like it just uses one part. I feel like it uses like all of the parts, just with you know, fatty beat over it. So I'm always waiting for that fatty beat whenever I hear the intro to this song, and it, it doesn't come. But yeah, I, like I know. It. I know what song you're talking about. I don't know if that was the first time I heard it. May have been. But that song makes me think it's cooler than maybe it is. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. me too. When I listen to this song, I'm like, this is a pretty cool song. But I don't know if I'm just thinking of the Kanye West song. Yeah, it's fine. It's serviceable. I don't know that it, it stands above most other themes. What do you think, Nancy? I like it. It's fine. Yeah, I don't think anyone has any beef with it. Yeah. I just don't think anyone's that passionate about it. I, I so like it when they yeah. when they sing the the title of the movie. It does it. Come for on, me. come on. Diamonds are forever. Hold one up and then caress it, touch it, stroke it, and undress it. That, that's straight up penis talk. Come on, come on. <laughs> nothing wrong with that. Undress my penis for me, will ya? <laughs> <laughs> Direct quote from uh, Diamonds Are Forever, right there. <laughs> I, I don't know. Yeah, it was the sixth movie. He was getting tired of learning the dialogue. <laughs> he seems so old in this movie, that, which is re- why I really wish we could see, what is it? Never Say Never Again? The one where yeah. Sean, the unofficial one that's a remake of Thunderball with Sean Connery. That just seems so weird that they remake one from like not that long ago. That he was already in. Yeah. <laughs> it just like, I remember we watched... Don Sherman, he's, he's, he's getting kind of old, man. He doesn't really look like he should be out doing the spy stuff. He should be, you know, at home just sitting down. But it's hard for me to believe that he does another one, like, after this about, you know, 11 years later. <laughs> I, I really got to check that out someday. Um, yeah. Crazy. Well, 
We're going to have to start bumping things eventually, but I don't think we're going to be bumping the next one, uh, Live and Let Die, by Paul McCartney and Wings. When you were young and your heart was an open book You used to say, live and let live You know you did, you know you did, you know you did But if this ever-changing world in which we're living Makes you give in and cry Say, live and let die so a lot of people probably know this for the dumb Guns N' Roses version. Uh, I know that. What are you going to do? I'm all about that version. What are you going to do? You guys are all about everything Guns N' Roses ever does, apparently. <laughs> they didn't do that much, so. When, when do we say that? I think I'm the only Guns N' Roses defender around here. Yeah, I just like Appetite for Destruction, and that's it, basically. It's like all there is. There's only one more album. <laughs> There's that like spaghetti album. Yeah, but that doesn't. It's not real. I've it's never not heard real. it, so it's an illusion. <laughs> it's funny that they uh, they covered this though, because it, it makes you think, man, this must be like one of the few Bond themes that works on its own and not just as a theme song. Like, I don't need to see the movie. You know, like some of these Bond, Bond themes I hear, and they're like, all right, now I gotta watch the movie. But this one, I feel like I can just enjoy on its own merit. I don't know why. Maybe is it because it, is it just epic? It's, it's it has this Paul intense quality. It's just a really good song. I don't know. I knew, I definitely knew this one before, maybe even before knowing that it was a James Bond song. I mean, I haven't actually seen the movie. It, it is kind of a weird, uh, weird thing for a rock song to have these strings and trumpets going all over the place and they're like scary yeah so <laughs> this is the one with the uh the boat chase right yeah this is yeah. the debut of roger moore yeah i mean i, I liked this movie and and, and that 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 really reminds me of that that boat chase and the, the only problem with it is George Martin scored this one. He uses this theme way too much. Yeah, he's, I think he uses it all the time. It's like, let, let's save it for the cool parts, though, all right? <laughs> but, I, yeah, I like this one, too. What I like about Live and Let Die is it was like the black exploitation bond. It's like James Bond and black people. <laughs> it's mostly set in Louisiana. Yafet Kodo is the, is the drug lord villain. That's pretty cool. And his henchman, he's got this guy named Teehee. Has a metallic crab hand. It's pretty cool looking. And then his other head shred is this guy named Whisper. He's like this fat guy, and he, but he he can't. He can only whisper. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> actually, he kind of sucked. Never mind. Uh, but it, it also has one of the weirdest Bond characters I can think of, which is Baron Samedi, which you guys probably remember from using Goldeneye, right, as a character you could play. Yeah. Yeah, and here he's this. He's this voodoo henchman who, like, can't die. He gets killed and comes back, but but through magic and stuff. So there's magic in the James Bond, voodoo magic in the James Bond universe, uh, which is kind of uh, strange. Oh, and this also introduces the greatest Bond side character, Sheriff J.W. Pepper. No! <laughs> yeah. yeah! 
we'll talk about him a little more in depth on the next uh, our next uh, song slash movie. He's a fat southern sheriff, <laughs> and Jay Zwan is on this boat chase, and he's like, well, "What the hell's he doing in the river? I've gotta go get him, get him!" And they crash all their police cars and stuff. It's like, is this Duke's a hazard? Like, who is this guy? Uh, it gets even weirder with the next movie, which I look forward to talking about. Uh, but yeah, there's some. This one was pretty entertaining. Oh, it has a great death. Yafet Kodo. James Bond puts like this pellet into his mouth and he blows up like a balloon. <laughs> really ridiculous. And then he rises to the ceiling and explodes. So blood everywhere. No, it's like a balloon. It just pops. His body God. swells up, hits the ceiling, goes boop, and he's dead. Not a trace of him. <laughs> Never existed. <laughs> I mean, they don't show. Maybe some of his body parts are around the room. <laughs> Uh, and while we're on Live and Let Die, I want to ask you, Nancy, what do you think of Roger Moore I as like James Roger Bond? Moore. I like him, but I'm reserved in saying that because I've only seen the ones that are, like, okay to good with Roger Moore. You know, I haven't seen the bad ones. So I, I liked him fine. You know, he he was – he's definitely different than uh, than uh, Sean Connery. He's He's much more of a pretty boy, I'd say. But he's I, he's definitely like more refined and classy yeah. and more tongue in cheek. Yeah. But I more like English. Boring. <laughs> boring. Maybe in some of them. I yeah. He's not the most exciting guy in the world. He just this is a nice chap. <laughs> There's nothing about him that's tough. I would I, I feel like I wouldn't be that intimidated fighting Roger Bourbon. <laughs> First of all, he's like 50 years old. He's so, he, he seems old in all of the movies he's in. And he plays him for a, quite a while, doesn't he? Yeah, he's, he plays him into his mid, mid to late 50s. I think he was older than Sean Connery, and he started later. Yeah, or about the same age. Like so, yeah, he's weird, in his 50s. Didn't he say it was weird, you know, like playing next to Bond girls that are, you know, 40 years younger than he is? <laughs> Yeah, it was very weird. He always just seemed like I don't know. He seemed more of like he's just gay, like that character. I can't. I don't imagine him being a ladies' man as much. Maybe I'm just getting that confused with that movie Boat Trip, because he plays a gay man in that. And of course, that's the fighting role of his career. Well, yeah, Cuba Gooding Jr. Horatio uh-huh. Sands. It's a classic. <laughs> I know the film of which you speak, and I yes. know who Roger Moore is. Mm-hmm. But what I don't know is who wants to keep this on the list and who wants to just move on to the next song. Is it all of us? Go for the gold. So. How about <laughs> the man with the gun? Does it? At least the beginning. Yeah. It rocks for Lulu. Like I'm surprised Lulu. with getting Lulu. I'm surprised it wasn't another ballad that they had her sing something that's kind of rocky. I think it it works. 
I like the ding 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 ding. I like that. More ding When did this one come out? It's like seventy-three ish, something like that. And we all watch this one together to mixed feelings. Uh, yeah, it's pretty, Chris, pretty bored by it. Yeah. Until that sheriff guy showed up. JW that was Pepper. fucking hilarious. Everything he said was like <laughs> made me smile. I just like I, I couldn't believe that he would, because I was totally caught off guard. They're like, oh, this guy again. This time he's like on vacation. Yeah, they're like in Hong Kong, and yeah. he's, <laughs> he's on his vacation with his wife. And, and he teams up with them. They're in the oh, same yeah. car, right? It's like they're side guy. Ca- like, let's do movie. this. Now, for you guys that me, me and Nancy had seen Live and Let Die not long before this, but you guys probably hadn't. So, <laughs> without any context of who this guy was, what was that like for you? Well, I remember Sean's reaction. I remember there's just a scene where they show this southern guy with a cowboy hat going, God darn you, what in the goddamn hell was that? And Sean's like, what the fuck was that? Who was that guy? Because you're watching yeah, this well, movie in Hong Kong and you see the focus on this sheriff guy. I don't even think it was Hong Kong. I think it was some someplace more obscure than that. Like somewhere in Thailand or something. No, it was in China, but I think it was like rural. You know, like where they were now. Parts of the movie are in Hong Kong, but I felt like they were in more of like... A rural area. But it's just so weird that... Like, why... Why would he be here and he's like complaining that things aren't like they are in America? Like, why would you leave? Why would you come to this place if you want things to just be like they are in America? And I know context that he was someone we should know. Like, oh boy, this guy's back. And then James Bond, he like wants to help out James Bond, and James Bond's like not even interested in that, but he just kind of lets him tag along. Does James Bond he, remember him? I don't know that they ever even met in the last one because <laughs> the, the sheriff was chasing after him, but I don't think they had any like face to face, you know, screen time. So they're totally oblivious to their previous <laughs> relationship. That was like the first time they ever met. <laughs> and it serves absolutely no purpose to the story except that it's funny and it's stupid. <laughs> I, know, I thought that was pretty great. Seeing James Bond become like Deeks of Hazard. That's like yeah. the best part of that movie. It's way more entertaining than anything else going on in that movie. <laughs> I know you think, oh, Chris really is the world's deadliest assassin. He's got this golden gun. So it looks kind of stupid. Yeah, it's like it's like, it's like a blocky. It's like a golden pen attached to like a lighter. Does look like a piece of shit. <laughs> it's like some sort of MacGyver weapon. Like really, that thing is gonna fire a bullet. <laughs> yeah, he's he's sort of lame, and he has one of the lamest henchmen. Hervé Villachez from Fantasy Island. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Knickknack. Yeah. It's, it's like he's one of, another one of the most ineffective Bond henchmen. He's just this old dwarf guy. He can't do anything. Uh, I don't remember yeah, what okay, he did. That's okay, because Christopher Lee had the bonus nipple. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember that, but it sounds like it could have been an ass gross. Yeah. Hmm. I think who's the Bond? I think it was Britt Eklund may have been the Bond woman, which is funny because I want to say Wicker Man, which also had Britt Eklund and Christopher Lee came out like the same year. Interesting. That movie 
it's not in any way related to this though so i'm gonna step away from that oh the theme though yeah the themes uh it's another one of those ones that i think is serviceable i think it's fine uh, it's not one of my favorites so i think with all the ones we're going to pass this far we gotta cut this yeah i guess i mean yeah i'm not crazy about it. all right Hey, we did it. Did it. And nobody does it better. Nobody does it better. Your transitions are too subtle. They're, They're getting by me. I think maybe that one was a little subtle. The rest weren't. <laughs> but this is from The Spy Love Me. Carly Simon. Certainly sounds like it, right, too? Like 70s singer-songwriter type mm-hmm. uh, music. But I don't think she wrote it. It was Marvin Hamlish, I believe, he, he wrote this. Uh, the, the, most of the score to this movie I did not like. I just watched this one recently. It's very 70s funk soundtrack. <laughs> and then with, like, really dated Moog sound effects. <laughs> And then it's got this theme, which doesn't really seem to fit in, like, most of the movie. Even in the opening credit sequence, it seems like the image, the images are calling for something more dynamic, but it has to work with this, nobody does it better. I mean, I think it's an okay song. I just, I don't think, it doesn't really remind me of Bond in any way. I don't know. I'm pretty bad this song. <laughs> I got a soft spot for it. It's yeah, it's not like Bond really at all, but I think it's a really good little ballad from the seventies. You know, it's it's a James Bond song because that one part she says, "The spy loved me." It's on like a down note. I feel like if there was a music video, this would be the part where she breaks the fourth wall and just looks straight at the camera. The spy who loved me. Get it? (laughs) Yeah. And I like the way it just builds up to that string part. That's like dun 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 dun. dun. <sighs> what is cool is that the opening, that piano part that goes dun 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 dun. That's the recurring bit of the song that they use throughout the movie, and that's done pretty tastefully. I like that. Uh, this movie was kind of boring. It had a cool villain. It's like this this guy named Stromberg. Wants to destroy all of civilization so that everyone can live under the sea. <laughs> he has an underwater base where he feeds people to sharks. It's pretty ridiculous, but this guy is wait, awesome. wait. Does he want people to live under the sea so sharks have things to eat? Uh, I think he just thinks like the world has been ruined on the surface, so he wants to start over and he wants to rule this sea society. So he's Dude, stealing Please tell me they really say society. They do not. <laughs> oh. uh, this film also has Jaws. It's his first, not the shark, the uh, the giant man with metal teeth. Would they also have Jaws in this too? Cameo. Jaws, Jaws. makes an appearance. <laughs> what is funny is there is a scene where Jaws, the person, fights a shark and kills it. <laughs> He just what does he do? B- punch it in the face? Well, his his signature move in this movie is he like strangles guys and shakes them around, and then he <laughs> bites their neck like a vampire. 
And then I guess either they never really show if is it like breaking their neck? Is it like their blood just all coming out? But he's wrestling the um, shark, and then he just bites into it, and there's blood everywhere, and he makes it out. Jaws is in this movie so much, and he always gets, like, shit collapses on him, and he always survives. He's almost in the movie too much. Every other scene is Roger Moore fighting Jaws. And then, and then suddenly collapses on him, and he gets up, and he dusts off his suit, and he never says anything. He's actually pretty cool. Uh, but the movie as a whole is just kind of, nah, it's just kind of dull. It feel, it felt really dated. It, it's weird that it was 1977. It feels like 19, you know, mid 1960s. Like you think of other movies from the seventies, uh, you know, action movies that, that just seemed like they're on this whole other plane production wise and on all, all sorts of other levels. This one's, it's like Bond was becoming this dinosaur, how popular uh, were these movies like in the mid seventies? I don't think they were really popular, but they obviously must have been making some money because they kept making so many. Yeah, and they always remember they always ended with Bond will return and oh, you know yeah. I mean, they what's funny. What's funny about this one is it says Bond will return in for your eyes only, and that wasn't the next one, <laughs> so that was a lie. <laughs> I think for your eyes only is later. Uh, no, after this, they went straight to, uh, well, you know, Moonraker. <laughs> but we'll get to oh, that. Oh, great. More surly passage. You guys have seen this, right? What? what is not. No, no, we haven't. Aww. I feel like it's the one we all want to see. Yeah. Just because <laughs> James Bond in space, and that sounds so stupid. I've seen plenty of clips and that guys in spacesuits shooting at each other with laser guns. It looks awful. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the reason I think they went straight to Moonraker is because, hey, 77, Star Wars comes Star Wars. out. <laughs> so a couple it. years later, Moonraker. <laughs> James really Bond can do it, too. <laughs> well, it is one of the books. I don't know how accurate it is to that particular book. Yeah, this is one I really wish that I'd seen. I know Jaws is in it again somehow. I don't know how he got to space. Well, he got a bunch of shit fell on him, and he. So, Sean, you gotta got give us of, the. He's on a spaceship. Give us the recap of this. What? I said, what? I said. Is Sean, Sean's the one that's seen this? No. Oh, no. None of us none have, of seen, us have it. seen it. Oh, man. It's too bad. Sounds pretty hilarious. This is definitely, I think, where the movie started on the decline. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, to the worst ones, probably. Not not quite this one, because I think some people like the kind of camp value to the, uh, the effects and everything. So I guess really all we can talk about is the song. Mm-hmm. Well, I feel like this is kind of... <laughs> Does everyone know that? No. The, the version we heard is is the main title version, but there's also a disco version that they play over the end credits. Nice. Well, a lot of the Bond 
themes have like alternate versions. Nobody does it better had a really bad uh, alternate version at the end of the uh, Spy Who Loved Me. Funk version? It's like a bunch of guys like, it's like a really like, it's hard to explain, like this British chant. <laughs> you, you like the, uh, like the Italian job or something. Like that song? I was just gonna say. Yeah. Nobody does it better. <laughs> <laughs> He's like super that. lame. Yeah, basically. <laughs> Moonraker is a theme that I, I just can't, for the life of me, remember. I forget. It's the just song. not that memorable. I feel like it's. Yeah, we just listened to it. I can't remember. I feel like it's just kind of a dud compared to Shirley Bassey's other songs that she did for James Bond. I don't think it's half as good. Not even half as good. Nope. Wow. It's just kind of forgettable. <laughs> I, I just hear the music and I just kind of make up the melody. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to go like... Raker. Oh. <laughs> exactly. Going to rake the moon. <laughs> but you can't rake it because you need a space suit. Does the whole thing <laughs> takes place in space? I don't think so. I think it's just the last, the finale. Or at least the mid... I can't tell you, but I don't think it's the whole movie. Because I was on Sporkle, the quiz site, and you had to guess the Bond movies uh, from locations. And one had a couple, and I just noticed one of the locations, space. I'm like, oh, that's Moonraker. But it had some other, had some other stuff there. So I, I think he does, he has a little globe trotting before he goes off of the globe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think this is, the, this is the one where it's like, it's another like, I want to make a new master race of people. But instead of living underwater, it's in space. I think the so. Moon men. <laughs> a race of moon men. A faster race of moon men. It sounds moon like B movie, sci-fi movie for the 1950s. But no, this is 1979. Yeah. They should have a theme more like the Blob if they're going to go sci-fi. <laughs> The moon men, do 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 do, raking the moon. All I got is the title. That's yeah. <laughs> all. Right, let's move on to another forgettable James Bond song with "For Your Eyes Only." Rush do this one. <laughs> I wish. For your eyes only can see me through. I definitely feel like we're in the 80s now. Yep, that's really 80s. <laughs> what year is this? This is like eight, uh, 80s. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 80s. 81? I think, yeah, 81, 81. So had they already made this, or? No. They, 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 they just, just changed skipped, their they mind. decided to go under that other route. Probably Star Wars. Um, I think, yeah, this is the first 80s one. I know absolutely nothing about it. Yep, <sighs> me too. I think I can it's tell you bad. that Blondie was going to do a song, and then they're like, no. This is it. This is better. 
Sheena Easton, you fucking nailed it. <laughs> yeah, it's just a cheesy 80s ballad. There's not much to it. There's not much to really get out of it. Eh, kind of wish Blondie had done the theme song. Sounds more interesting. Maybe it wouldn't have been, but... Well, this is certainly not a song for your ears. <laughs> for your eyes, maybe. That's why it's called for your eyes only. Just look at it. Don't listen to it. Oh, here's a little factoid from Wikipedia. Uh, Sheena Easton, only artist to be seen singing the theme song to a Bond movie during its opening titles. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, Thanks, Wikipedia. That sounds true. <laughs> Which I believe is Wikipedia's trademark. <laughs> that sounds true. Um, but let's move let's on just, to... Yeah. <laughs> the, the worst title in the history of films ever, Octopussy, with its theme, <laughs> All Time High. <laughs> Okay, okay, I gotta stop right here. How, how is this the theme to the coolest super spy in the world? Feels like it's like the theme song to Golden Girls or something. <laughs> I was gonna say the exact same thing, but not like <laughs> the regular thing, like an emotional like episode. Like an thing. emotional episode. Yeah. <laughs> Like someone like, died. Any more like soft, just like contemporary, adult contemporary. It's so. It's like it makes me laugh. That's how cheesy it's so it is. It's so weak. It's. It does not feel Bond like at all. Out of all the the Bond movies where you could have gone with singing the name of the movie, couldn't you remember? Couldn't you imagine Octopussy? Yeah! <laughs> Just get yeah. like a hair metal band to do it. Get like Quiet Riot. <laughs> Octopussy! We're still in the. Uh... Yeah, yeah, yeah! <laughs> is this, this is the last Roger Moore? No, there's one after this. I think this one and the one after this are supposed to be like the absolute worst ones. <laughs> I know that people hate Octopussy because it has one of the most unbond moments where he dresses up like a clown. <laughs> <laughs> I so, just imagine he dresses up like a clown and then this song starts. So did Timothy Dalton only do one movie? No, he did two. We got both of them on here, too, so we'll, we'll get to those. I can only assume the, the Bond girl in this one was B. Arthur. <laughs> <laughs> that Is been this a, a real movie? Does they they, they would have been about really? the same age. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't. It sounds made up. It's called Octopussy. This is the song they chose for the theme song. He dresses up like a clown. I think this is just a big hoax. That someone concocted. It doesn't actually exist. Just a big joke movie. I gotta see this one just to see how they incorporate the theme. Oh my god. Yeah, I imagine him being a sad clown. The song is playing. He just got dumped by the Bond girl. He's just walking down the street in his sad clown outfit. He reaches all time lows. 
Yeah. <laughs> but no, seriously, this is the kind of song, yeah, you hear it on like uh, some sort of 80s TV show for old people. <laughs> or at the dentist. <laughs> I mean, it's got like saxophone like <laughs> it's like how did we get to this how do we get from live and let die to this <laughs> this might be the worst it's hard for me to th- I, I think I've heard all of these of course yeah I have and I, this has to be the worst it's pretty bad <laughs> it's the funniest note <laughs> yeah Uh, all right. Time to descend to more lows. Uh, you talking about Duran Duran and their song of you to kill? Yeah. Sounds like a video game. Listen to those drums, man. Now, what's that opening thing? Do you th- is that like a synth orchestral hit or a synth like horn? Sounds like a horn hit. It's like a synth orchestral <laughs> hit. Yeah. When are synth horns ever a good idea? <laughs> I don't know. I, this one's definitely dated, but I kind of like those 80 drums. I kind of like it, yeah. They kind of rock. I mean, yeah, as much as really, Duran can rock. Yeah, in a very 80s synth pop kind of way. I don't feel like to say the title enough, though. I I feel like this song could have just been as easily called, like, Dance Into the Fire. Isn't that, yeah. like, one of the lyrics? Dance Into the Fire. <laughs> There you go. Absolutely. Yeah, they don't say to kill enough. Like this is more of a song than a theme. Does that make sense? Yeah, I get yeah. that. Do you think that? Do you think that hurts it for you? Yeah, I mean it's not really like. It, it seems like it was written more for radio than it does for like a Bond intro to a movie. You know, like with the <laughs> opening credits and stuff. Yeah, it doesn't have like orchestral. Yeah, and the other ones overtones. they don't really All have. All the like, other ones have like strings and stuff. Yeah, well, well, this has orchestral hits. stuff in here. But I feel like those are just synths, <laughs> sounding like orchestral stuff. Hmm. This is one I've always wanted to see because there's a lot of elements in it that intrigue me. Um, the poster is always always look cool. It's like James Bond. Fighting on the Golden Gate Bridge. I want to see if that happens in this movie. And I know the bad guy is Christopher Walken, which is interesting. Mm. And he's got like white hair, and his name is Max. Hmm. Sounds a lot like Batman Returns. And it's got Grace Jones, and she's half naked in all the posters. And this is the point where it's like, God, Roger Moore's like 60 years old. How are you still doing this shit? <laughs> He looks ancient in this movie. <laughs> I'm surprised it didn't take place in like Miami, you know, so he could like retire. 
Just in case people on his mobility scooter. Uh, view to kill would be from like his window and they'd call the neighborhood watch. <laughs> There's a suspicious looking man over in the courtyard. Um, yeah, I don't know. I haven't seen this one. I think it's another one of the really bad ones. One of those three 80s Roger Moore ones is supposed to be the worst. I guess it's going to be up to us to watch them someday. Uh, maybe. Maybe. The song, I like, okay, I think it, it's interesting what you noted, Nancy. It is more like a song than a theme. It doesn't really seem to, like... Well, the other ones don't really have, like, verse, chorus, verse, chorus, yeah. bridge. You know what I mean? It's more just a, a, a piece of music than a, a pop song, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I like it okay, but it doesn't really remind me at, about James Bond like at all. You know, like it does, I feel like, like they, I they never try think, to. Oh, this is James Bond. I feel like they try to force it. Like, yeah, see, <laughs> see, look, it's James Bond. <laughs> I appreciate the attempts at incorporating little spy, uh, you know, little spy themes or whatever you want to call those. But I don't like synth horns. I just don't think they sound that good. I like the drums. I don't like the weird horns. So, yeah, this one's fine. I don't know. Sean? I give it a pass. I like I like this hella 80s. As all say, music by Duran Duran is. I wouldn't say it's bad 80s either. I just it's just 80s. It's interesting. It's like a time capsule. I've I've been watching the YouTube video of the opening credits. They're feast for the eyes, let me tell you. I forgot how like weird these things can go. It's it's such a weird thing that all James Bond movies have to have these like drawn out like almost experimental art film <laughs> segments. It's like action scene weirdness for like four minutes and then a movie yeah i remember thinking they're really weird when i was a kid i was like what is going on here <laughs> no one anyways knows. yeah let's Just talk the about is. the a movie i don't think anyone has ever talked about publicly <laughs> since maybe the year it came out and that would be <laughs> timothy dalton's first run of the bond the living daylights the songs by aha Once again, I'm kind of digging the drums. <laughs> Just like 80s I, drums. I think they work. This like, like drum machine or synthetic drums or whatever they are. They're kind of cool. How did Aha get this gig? I mean, I feel like they were just. I feel like they were just trying to cash in on like the Duran Duran song because I feel like that song was kind of a hit. So they're like, well, let's get another band that's like Duran Duran, except not as good. <laughs> let's let's get Aha. It's just weird to get, like, a one-hit wonder. Could you imagine if, I don't know, they got the Baja men to do a James Bond? Who let the Bond out? Yeah. Or Chumbawamba. Why don't they get Big Country? 
Oh man, that'd have been awesome. That'd be so good. <laughs> uh, this one kind of—I don't know—it kind of blurs with the Duran Duran one. I don't uh, know which one I like better. Maybe I feel the like Duran. it's less memorable. I, I guess maybe because it doesn't have a big chorus like that I, one. Does. I think that's well, maybe it. It's because no one talks about the Living Daylights ever. Yeah, like you said, Sean, I don't know anyone who's ever seen this movie. Probably like your dad. He's probably it. <laughs> like, I know nothing about it. I think the Timothy Dalton ones are supposed to be watchable, but I don't think they're supposed to be anything special. Uh, yeah, it's weird that I don't know anything about them. I, I'd be curious to check them out. I like uh, Timothy Dalton. He's... Had a fine career post-Bond, mostly playing bad guys, usually, like in The Rocketeer and... Uh, so why was his run buzz. Why was his run so short? Uh, some sort of studio dispute, money tied up, all sorts of complicated legal stuff. I mean, after, there's one after this, and then there was another one for like, it was, I think it was, was it five years? How much time? Yeah, Something like that. Lights was 87. Oh, no, License to Kill was 89. It wasn't that long. Okay. But then it wasn't until 1995 that Goldeneye came out. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this is totally outside my realm of knowledge. I guess we're just talking to the theme, so that's all that matters. Yeah, I think the yeah, the chorus thing, like you're saying, Colin, hurts it. I, I really can't remember where this song goes. I can always remember the starting because uh, for some reason on my iPod... Because at a point not that long ago, I got like a newer iPod. My brother gave me one. And I'd accidentally always just hit songs. And it'd play the first song like alphabetically in my in my library. And AHA would be first. So this song would always play because I always hit the wrong button. So I'd hear all that. That weird Sonic the Hedgehog synth. Uh, some of the synths here are kind of iffy. All synths are iffy. I think the Duran Duran one works a little better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. Let's just keep it to one extremely 80s song. <laughs> who do who do we end up talking about Aha on more than one podcast? Uh, I did. You did. You saw yeah. it coming. I right. I was given a glimpse into the future when I was a young man, and that that was the insight I I got. Was we talk about aha multiple times on a podcast, and you're like, "What is a podcast?" Yeah, I mean, it's taken me a whole life to put it all together, <laughs> but just slowly, it's been starting to make sense. And I don't know, I don't know how much I'm supposed to reveal uh, without you know ending the universe by creating a paradox in time. So I'll just move us along to uh, "License to Kill," a Gladys Knight song. Yeah, it's, it's Goldfinger, Goldfinger, except like really 80. Yeah. <laughs> it's too bad because it's kind of cool. 
but they I really love that. Dun, dun. Is that really the same part from Goldfinger? Yeah. It's pretty yeah, damn yeah. close. Interesting. Yeah, that's too bad, because I thought that was really cool. Because it is. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how I feel about the... Well, I think I mean, it's, it's kind of cool the that they're. Song, so it's not, a it's big not deal. like they're ripping it off because it's still Bond. I feel like it's more of an yeah. homage to a good Bond theme. You know what I mean? Yeah. Did I say it was a rip off? No, I'm just. Okay. I'm just saying like, I feel like that's the the vibe I'm getting. Like, oh, that. Well, that's a shame. I don't know. I feel like the rest of the song isn't that. Great. Yeah. It's, the more than just the Indra is probably the best part, even though it's just taking something from another Bond song. Slowing it down. Slowing it down. Making it all 80s. I feel like it's the most R&B James Bond theme, but it's not like great R&B. Yeah. It's like 80s contemporary R&B. Yeah, so the intro part is real cool. The rest is just whatever. I guess. Not much to say, I guess. Not really yeah. This is the one where he got his license to kill. He finally got it. He <laughs> always just had a killer's permit. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Yeah, I want to I wanna see these ones. I, I thought I heard that the Timothy Dalton ones have to have like, uh, more rough around the edges, you know? He did a lot of his stunts, too. Just more intense, darker. Uh, probably not that much darker, but definitely. Yeah, the music is pretty light. I'm pretty sure he doesn't dress up like a clown to Golden Girls music. <laughs> Anything's dark compared to that. Yeah. <laughs> yes, we can't rule it out, though. Yeah. Why not? So this one probably won't make it then, right? I mean, I don't know, maybe. Uh, I don't know how many we're going to end up with. Okay. I think so. No, I see I'm it. I'm going counting. Golden Eye by Tina Turner. Good one. You guys know this was written by Bono and the Edge, right? Yeah. No, I didn't know that. But they didn't want to perform it? Uh, maybe. Is that synth horns again? Uh, kind of sounds like synth horns. When is that ever a good decision? I don't know. You think they would have been over that by now? It's 1995. I, I get. I like this song for the most part. I liked how the strings play on the doom, doom, doom. You know, just what do you call that? It's like staccato, kind of. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. I like. I like how they're they're arranged like that. But I don't like the synth horns at all. And mm-hmm. I feel like they use them in a really annoying way. Uh, I think Tina Turner does a pretty good job, though. I think it's a good song. I just. I don't. Like most of the production decisions that were made, 
I feel like it, I, I've never seen Goldeneye, so I, I don't know what the... I feel like it would work better for me with visuals. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I feel like it, it would be okay if I was watching a movie. But I don't really like it alone. I feel like there's lots of close-ups of guns shooting in slow motion. That's how I feel like, like all the Pierce Brosnan yeah, ones are. Yeah, it's like computer-generated. Yeah, like computer-generated cool. guns and like ladies... When you like see the waves from the bullets, you know what I mean? Yeah. Lots of those, lots of bullet waves. <laughs> pretty psychedelic. <laughs> They're pretty much all just variations on that, like yeah. most Bond openings. But I always like that, actually. So we're, we're into territory where we've seen these movies again. What can you guys tell me about Goldeneye? Sean Goldeneye, or it's, uh, it goes back in the past a little bit. Um, of course, it's confusing because it's a James Bond movie. <laughs> so the timeline doesn't make sense at all if you try to put it together. But uh, James Bond is 007, and he has a partner, 006, Sean Bean. And cool. uh, they go on a mission uh, to stop the Soviets from doing whatever at a dam. And uh, it ends up Sean Bean dies. And then later, it's, it's present day. And oh my god, there's this horrible crime syndicate. And who's running it? Sean Bean. <sighs> and w- what does Goldeneye mean? It is a satellite, I think. That can oh, yeah. blow stuff up. Yeah, I think that's, that's right. disappointing. <laughs> satellite. It's not so you guy with the golden eye. I was hoping it would be like Sean Bean gets shot in the face and he comes out with a golden eye. Yeah, it's just a satellite. Shoots lasers. Yeah, uh, but Sean Bean does die by being crushed by a giant satellite dish. Yeah, that was pretty sweet. Does it come from Super weird because it's like on that huge satellite dish. And doesn't he like fall off of this giant thing to the bottom of it? And it's like he's not dead. It really like, felt like 500 feet. You know, like, no way he survived that, but he's like, oh, 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 and then yeah. the whole thing explodes and falls on him. Yeah. <laughs> like his body would have just exploded when he hit the bottom. <laughs> he wouldn't have been like, oh, 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 oh. And this movie has uh, his, his, his like side villain. Uh, his, 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 you know, Jaws or Odd Job or whatever is, is a woman. Uh, I don't know. She had some silly name, uh, but she's played by Famke Jensen, and uh, she's she's the woman who kills people by squeezing them to death with her legs. Which, what an inefficient way to kill people! <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, she makes it work by being all sexy and being like, "Oh yeah, let's get it on." And then, just when you're thinking <laughs> things are at their sexiest, they take a turn. <laughs> Too bad it's not a move you can do in the Golden Knight video game, like run up to people and then with your legs, like, <laughs> like it shows your legs out in front of you and they like crisscross. They're like crab walking around. <laughs> <laughs> so we're, we're, so, sorry, go ahead. No, you you probably have something more on topic. <laughs> I was just gonna say, how do you where do you guys put Pierce Brosnan on your uh, scale of Bond? I grew up with Pierce Brosnan and and Sean Connery, and so uh, I always go with Sean Connery on the top, even though I've seen all of his movies like once. I've seen Pierce Brosnan movies all the time, all the time. All the time. I'm watching them right now. <laughs> yeah, it's weird for me because he was like 
the Bond when I kind of got into James Bond for a little while when I was younger. Yeah. Like, I remember, I think it was when The World Is Not Enough, I got into the Pierce Brosnan years. And I definitely need to revisit them. He's, he seems like a fine Bond, but I don't know if those movies hold up. Uh, so, well, certainly not Die Another Day. No, that's that a, actually killed the franchise. That's a pretty pretty bad movie. <laughs> Is that kind of in the same vein as like Batman and Robin? Where it just got too crazy. Yeah, they they Jeez. introduce an ice villain also. Oh yeah, I remember just I kills it. that one. I saw that with Remy. Can't have ice villains in your movie. They're stupid. But it has a sweet scene where he's in the ice palace and the melting laser is going after him. You know, we'll talk about that when we get there. <laughs> yeah, this song's all right. I could, I could keep it up for consideration. Or get rid of it. I don't really care. How's the movie compared to the video game? Well, the video game is an all-time classic video game, so poorly. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's about right. GoldenEye is kind of a fun action movie, but it's nothing spectacular. I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, it's probably the best of the Brosnan ones, honestly. That's how I remember it. But again, I haven't seen any of them since I was like 10 years old. The only one I think that could even compete is uh, Tomorrow Never Dies, which has a theme song by Sheryl Crow. Uh, no, it does. I'm, I'm serious. Okay, one second. <laughs> no, uh, it does. And Moby also was going to do something, maybe. Did he do something for this? <laughs> start being more or would, how am I phrasing this did it start being more American do you think or is it still a British thing you know what I mean I feel like it's a pretty British thing they usually get British like, directors yeah. uh, I just felt like filmmakers do, uh, you yeah. know to do it yeah. Like, listening to these songs, I feel like they get progressively more American. Yeah. That's just the song, I don't know. Maybe that's just the whole music scene. Maybe all music just got more American. Hooray! <laughs> yeah, though I didn't remember the intro to this, apparently, because I was like, well, is this right? Uh, I like the rest of it. I actually thought this one was pretty good. I think it it does a nice job of building that kind of intrigue and the the shifty, mysterious '60s feel. I think Sheryl Crow does a pretty good job. I never thought I'd say that in my life. Ironic. I, she, I'm just not. 
I'm just not her, I don't know, demographic maybe. Uh, but I liked this one okay. Is, is this movie good? I'm going to say it's probably fine. Yeah, I think it's probably fine. I mean, I haven't seen I, since I was like 15. Believe the bad guy in this one is Jonathan Price. Yes. From Brazil. Yeah, this is the one. Uh, the, this is the techno crimes one, isn't it? I think so. He's like a billionaire <laughs> businessman type guy. Richard Branson, basically. <laughs> Maybe not Richard <laughs> Branson. <laughs> Probably like more like Bill Gates, I guess, if he was evil. <laughs> oh, God, I want to see that. Bill Gates, <laughs> the bad guy in a Bond movie. And this was also one where he goes to China, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Michelle Yeoh's in this one. Yeah. She's cool. She's like tough because Michelle Yeoh. Tough. Yeah, she's got to do some kung fu moves. Is she on the side of good or bad or a little bit of both? She's good. She works with Bond. Yeah, because Bond's always getting duped by hot chicks. So I just got to check. I don't want to go into that movie and then get duped. Like, oh, she's a bad guy. Damn it. Damn it. I think Terry Hatchel's the... the a Bond girl that dupes him in the beginning. Ah, oh, that bitch. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, cause she like, I don't know, she probably slept with Bond at some point, like, you know, 70% of the world's population. <laughs> uh, but she's like married to Jonathan Price now. And Bond's Something not happy. Like that. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, it's probably pretty weird watching it now because it's all about techno crimes. Yeah, it's probably really dated. What is techno crimes? <laughs> <laughs> like stealing money via the internet, right? Yeah. Or like Did hacking into the CIA. Hacking into the web. The wars of the future hacking will be fought in cyberspace. Yes. Surfing cyberspace. Techno crimes. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Do they what use that term? Yeah. I do not think this song is that great. I think I like it's pretty it. okay. Uh, seems a little generic as far as James Bond songs go. Yeah, that's the thing for me. It's we have a bunch of like really memorable songs. This one just feels like been yeah. any James. Bond I can't, song. I can't hear it anymore. So I've forgotten what this song sounds like. <laughs> Fair enough. That's about how I feel. Fair enough. So let's take it off. All right. Because, you know, what I do remember what it sounds like is this song by Garbage for The World Is Not Enough. So garbage. That's an interesting choice. Uh, 
I guess they're pretty big in the mid '90s. I actually have heard their big albums. I enjoyed it. it. This song doesn't really rock as much as their other stuff, but I don't think they wrote it. I don't think James Bond stuff should rock. I think or at it, least not that it, much. It, it, it can a little. Uh, We're gonna get to that with a, song, a couple <laughs> oh, choices. Oh yeah. <laughs> It's it just weird because this doesn't really sound like most of their other like singles, like the kind of songs they'd usually do. Yeah, but I think you know, it, it does a pretty good job of taking like the the kind of feel you're looking for in a James Bond theme, and then kind of appropriating it to their own style a, a little bit. I guess so. It's like a Bond ballad, but Shirley Manson from Garbage is pretty edgy, so she she gives it her her feel. What's cool is that I checked out the music video to this which is Shirley Manson and she's a robot she's being built in a laboratory like being assembled and what's interesting huh? what's interesting for to, to, about that is I remember she was later uh, not that long ago she was in the Sarah Connor Chronicles as a Terminator I'm like is this uh-huh. foreshadowing like <laughs> 10 years later when she's gonna be on that show is there robots in this movie None that I remember. I don't think so. Uh, I mean, there's a guy who can't feel pain because he got shot. And the bullet's slowly going towards his brain. Like, so slowly that he'll live for a while. And not feel pain that whole time. That, uh... That doesn't even begin to make sense, but okay. Yeah, well, Neo does casting Denise Richards as a scientist. Yeah. God, she's awful. Is she awful in this movie? Oh, she's looking pretty good. Probably. She's probably pretty awful. Who plays... Is anyone notable play the bullet brain guy? I feel like it was somebody. Uh, it's uh, Robert Carlyle, isn't it? Oh, What's Robert that? Carlyle from Chainspotting and stuff. From Full Danny Monty. Boyle movies. Yeah, Full Monty. Does he strip in this movie? <laughs> Uh, he punches things and gets blood all over, but he's like, I don't feel anything. <laughs> <laughs> so do you just like, watch uh, these Pierce Brosnan ones all the time? I was all about, because my dad was all about James Bond, but the Sean Connery ones were a little too slow for me as a kid. So it was all about Pierce Brosnan. I remember Robbie Coltrane is in this one. I thought he was in Goldeneye. Does he come back? I think he's in, Yeah, I think he comes back. Because they're like, I don't remember you. And he's like, ah, yes, get out of here. I don't like you. (laughs) Okay. And there's a lady who might be someone. Maybe not. uh, But she's like... The one that dupes him? Yeah, she's like totally banging him. And they have like 60 times together because he's like protecting her. Because she's important. For reasons I don't remember. Mm -hmm. But then later, she's totally like been secretly banging Robert Carlyle the whole time. And that's Mm -hmm. the side he wants to be on. He wouldn't even feel it. (laughs) <laughs> and then James Bond has a shooter and M's there and she's like Bond I'm so sorry and he just doesn't say anything because he's a stone cold killer at this point he just wants revenge so that's pretty sweet but no this I, thought, probably, I thought you know. Judy Dench was M <laughs> who did I say I don't know you just I guess you can't do a woman's voice so <laughs> I got it I got it I got it <laughs> okay. I'm sorry M you know no, I have so much respect for the office I don't even see the gender which is the last one that Q's in? Um, I think it's Die Another Day. Okay. So. 
bad one no, to go no. out. Oh, you know what it is? This is the one where uh, Q retired and John Cleese came in as R, his replacement. Oh, oh yeah, this I think this might have actually been Q's last one. Yeah. Yeah, because right. I remember I was pissed that Casino Royale did not bring John Cleese back. Which, in retrospect, yeah, that's not the style they were going for. But at the time, before I'd seen it, I was pretty pissed. I still think they could have fit him in somehow. Q is in Skyfall. But he's a young guy. Yeah. He could still be good, but he's not going to be like, like an old curmudgeon. <laughs> it sucks. We haven't talked about Q at all. Yeah, How I love awesome Q in, all of the, in, in the Sean Connery ones. He's the best because he was pissed. And Sean Connery is always like, yeah, fuck you. He's like, <laughs> like he never even cared. It's like he's always trashing Q's shit. And then he doesn't even, like, care. He's like, whatever. I don't, you're building this laboratory. I got I to gotta go get laid. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because in the Roger Mormons, Q kind of, like, softened up a little. Yeah. You know, he's just like, yeah, I'm getting old, whatever. <laughs> I'm well, I don't think Roger Moore just wasn't as defiant to Q. Yeah. He's more like a nice guy while Sean Connery's kind of a dick. <laughs> I don't know Q's relationship with Pierce Brosnan. Yeah, how was that, Sean? Uh, well, he was just so old. He was like, <laughs> he was used to James Bond shit at this time. You know, it's, it's so weird because it's James Bond because it's like, he, well, he's like used to it. But Pierce Brosnan's like brand new actor, so I was like, uh... Where does this relationship come from? How long has it existed? I don't know. Whatever. No one cares. <laughs> uh, and bringing John Cleese on, you know, he was he was much more annoyed. Was it was John Cleese in this one at all? Yeah, he was in the last two Pierce Brosnan movies. Yeah. I think was he's he he's promoted to Q in in the in uh, Die Another Day. Yeah. Is he good? Is he funny? Yeah, he's doing his best. I'm what glad to hear that. I remember him being like in Bond video game commercials. I really liked him in the franchise, even though I didn't really see those movies. I just thought that was a pretty neat choice. Kind of sparked some, you know, some interest there, but not enough interest for me to go see the movie, I guess. So let's talk about Die Another Day. It's a Madonna song. I heard you really like this one, Sean. No, I hate it. Sean hates it so much he didn't even want to play along with my joke. No, no, I hate it. Let there be no doubt, I do not like this song. Yep. Yeah. It's pretty bad. It's like they kept accidentally turning off her mic. It's like, we shouldn't be letting her do this, right? We, we should just turn this off. And the other guy's like, no, it'll be a hit. Later on, she goes, Sigmund Freud, analyze this. Why in a James Bond song would you say that? I guess you, you're going for like he's all sex motivated. But the scene. OK, so this one doesn't actually have like gun ripple music video. What it has is a montage of James Bond being tortured by North Koreans. And it's playing this song. Can you imagine that? Like, that even sink music. into your head. They're like. 
waterboarding James Bond, Pierce Brosnan. He's all he's got a beard because he's been tortured for so long. He doesn't even want to live anymore. Uh, he looks playing. Yes. <laughs> he looks so goofy with the long hair and the beard. He looks all like Robinson Crusoe. Yeah, I can't help it though. But it's like it doesn't work for him. He just looks like he's wearing a wig and a fake beard because Pierce Brosnan. He has to be hella suave. He can't help it. He just doesn't have Grizzly in his <laughs> in his acting range. Is Madonna there torturing him? Madonna is like in the song. I can imagine that, like in the music video, like how they intercut like footage of the artist with the movie, and she's like torturing James Bond and <laughs> Steven Robinson Caruso. Get up! <laughs> I don't know. This sounds sounds like a pretty hot opening, but yeah, it doesn't. But yeah, sound Madonna like is Bond. in this movie, so that's something. I don't know how you. That's right. It. What is what is she doing in this movie? She's a fencing instructor. That's right. Because she's like uh, British, you know. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, so yeah, I mean, this is the first James Bond movie made after 9-11, so obviously they had to take it much darker, because that's what we were doing with our media back then. Uh, so it has this dark opening of, like, basically, James Bond gets screwed by MI6, and he gets, like, left alone, and he, he's tortured North Korea for a long time, and he finally gets out, and he comes back. And they're like, well, are you going to keep working for us? Because, you know, things went kind of bad for you. But we don't really care. And he's like, bitter. But then, you know, things take a turn and he goes and hangs out on like a tropical island with Halle Berry. For some reason. God, is she related to this? Am I alone here? Am I the only one who's seen this? What I've seen it. What do you mean? Is she related to this? Like, does he just meet her? Or is he on a job and he has to meet her? Uh, I feel like she's a secret agent also. Yeah, they definitely right? work together. Yeah. So I would think she would. he would have to meet her. Anyway, it doesn't matter. It ends with them going to a weird black tie party in an ice palace in ice Iceland. Palace in <laughs> and that ice palace looks pretty bad. Like, it looks yeah. like the fakest set you've ever seen. <laughs> like, it's and like it, it's like Krypton from the Superman movies, but worse. That's an insult to Krypton. Way worse. With... And James Bond is, like, driving around in his, you know, fancy car with lasers following behind him. Like, why can't the laser just speed up? I mean, it doesn't make any sense. You're shooting from space. <laughs> doesn't matter. <laughs> And then there's that scene where he goes surfing on a tidal wave made of an avalanche. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It's just whatever. Why not? This movie's a big, giant mess. It's it's (laughs) funny. I've only seen one scene from this movie. Or a little... No, a little bit more than that. It was in Hawaii. And Paul Sullivan's new channel is in our our hotel room. And he just flips the channel and he's riding a surfboard or something. (laughs) And he's on an avalanche. And... I had no context or anything. I I was like, "What the, is this? Like, is the funny one? Is this the comedy?" It was. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it was a Bond movie. Is is that like the most bizarre part of that movie, or is there weirder stuff there? Uh, I mean, I guess the Ice Palace sounds pretty bad. The Ice Palace stuff is the weirdest. It's and it's also it's just so weird because the movie starts out like dark and kind of real, 
like it's it's in North Korea. That's at the DMZ. I mean, they have hovercrafts, so they don't run over all the mines. It's kind of silly, but you know, yeah, it's, it starts bleak. out looking all all gritty and real, and then they take you to the most artificial looking thing you've ever seen at the finale. So yeah, I don't know what they were going for. I guess it could have been worse. They could have had Chris O'Donnell as James Bond Jr. or something. <laughs> or uh, give, him a, give him a sidekick. But yeah, it sounds pretty bad. And the theme, I don't think anyone particularly liked. Certainly not Sean. If there's anything you took away from this, I do not like the Die Another Day song. I didn't really like it either. Too, way too poppy. I feel yeah. like it was the first Bond song that was actually like a hit song in a while but doesn't mean it's good good is also not a word i would use to describe you know my name the theme to casino royale by chris cornell Okay, okay, so, okay, how did this happen exactly? Here's how I see it. Okay, there hasn't been a Bond movie in, like, four years. We need to start fresh, reinvent ourselves. We need somebody who speaks to today's generation. Get me Chris Cornell. (laughs) I I even remember when we went to go see it, I was like, Chris Cornell, is he still around? I mean, I guess he's doing Audio Slave. Did anyone like Audio Slave? In the world? <laughs> it just—he seems like Audio Slave like, was this like Bond's comeback. Okay. You pick Chris Cornell. You know the single of this comes with an acoustic version of Black Hole Sun. I don't. I don't think this is that bad. You know I what? Think it's okay. It's you know what I hate? I what I hate about it is this is the only song on this entire list that sounds like it's the you know the theme song to some generic action movie. Everything else has a unique feel. A lot of them don't even feel like they belong in in an action movie at all. They belong in weird, sexy exploitation movies or something. But certainly not a huge budget action movie. And they have this, like, super generic rock song. I don't know. I I get a Bond feel from it. Maybe it's just me. I don't know. It's just so generic rock. It's like this is so close to being like Nickelback for me. Even Nickelback pulled off a pretty good theme for Spider-Man. I would not take it to Nickelback. (laughs) I don't think it's that. I think you guys are being really harsh on it. I just, I, I don't like it. I didn't like it then. I don't like it now. I just feel like it's super generic. I'm with Sean, I think. Right, Sean? Yeah, I'm with Sean. Vroom, vroom! <laughs> would, it, would it change your mind if it wasn't Chris Cornell, but it was the same song? I didn't know um, this was Chris Cornell the first time I heard it. Maybe, maybe. Uh, his his voice is, I just, it, I feel like it's too overly dramatic. Like, he's just trying too hard. Maybe. I guess so, maybe it's an okay song. It just, the, uh, the approach or whatever you want to call it is rubbing me the wrong way. The execution, I guess, is what I was trying to say. I guess. I guess the horns are okay. 
I, I don't know. I, maybe I'm being too hard at it. I, I just, I just I like, like it. plain kind of like it. I don't know what it is. I, I just don't get that feeling at all. Like, like that part is like, that's a bit much, but I, I don't think it's that bad. I definitely get a Bond feel from it. Like the melody and stuff. More than we ha have gotten in a while. Like all those 80s ones, I don't get any Bond feel from. Well, what was also weird is when did this one come out? 2006? I feel yeah, like the song's so. from like 1999. It just, it, it feels dated to me. It felt dated to me like then, which is, which was weird for I mean, me. It, it, it didn't Cornell seem to thing. fit that movie for me. But then again, I don't know. On themes are tricky. I don't think it's going to make the list. There's <laughs> too much. I think it's okay. I don't think it's that bad. I just felt like but, you guys uh, were attacking it like it was the Madonna song or something. No, yeah, okay. It's, I think it's way I better it's than better. that. It's but just... it's, it's not going to make the list. Oh, my God. We've already made it to Quantum of Solace. We didn't really uh, talk there... about Casino Royale, the movie at all. Do we, do we want to broach that topic or not? Oh, Casino Royale? Yeah. I remember when we saw it, Sean, you didn't like it. Do you still yeah. not like it? No, I've, I've warmed up to it because I have Quantum of Solace as a reference of, of how bad it could really get with Daniel Craig. <laughs> uh, um, it was definite departure from the, other, from the older movies. It doesn't really have the, uh, the cool 60s kind of swagger to it. It's darker, it's grittier. Uh, which I think for the action side of things is great. All the action in these Daniel Craig movies are really cool. Uh, I, and I like the, this one wasn't too complicated, I don't think. I got all the casino stuff. There's like some extra subplots with evil organizations that was a little confusing for me. But I think for the most part I could follow it, and that's a plus. Yeah, he's taking and, a shirt off a lot, and that's fine, whatever. It does uh, have a weird torture scene where... God, that's the... Mads Mikkelsen plays Le Chiffre, who's a guy who has a scar and cries blood. It's really wimpy. And then he's whipping his balls. It's like, wow, this is Who would really sign off on that? This will be a really cool. visually stimulating sequence when we tie him to a chair and whip his balls and all this to be off camera because he can't show that on film. People will love this. What does he say back to uh, Le Chiffre? Something about like, oh, you tickled my balls. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, that's funny, but it it's just an awkward moment. <laughs> it just like didn't feel like a James Bond movie. It's, it's kind of funny. Though. Uh, I give that a pass. That's the... It's kind of funny. <laughs> what I'm still in a gray area about is uh, Dan Daniel Craig as Bond. I think he's a pretty boring Bond. I mean, he's not terrible, but I don't think he really brings that much to the role. Well, he brings he's a good intensity, yeah. I think. He's hella intense. I mean, remember the, the, there's the card game scene and things are going bad for him. And instead, of, well, they, they ask him if he wants to order a drink and 
and he's just like, I don't even give a damn. You're like, whoa, that's not how James Bond orders drinks. <laughs> okay, yeah, that, that's true. And that card scene is pretty good. But I, I just miss the fact that, like, Pierce Brosnan and Sean Connery, they had class and charisma, you know? They had style to them. I, I just feel like Daniel Craig is a, a thug. Maybe that's what they're going for in this movie. Like, he's, he's slowly kind of evolving into the more articulated Bond. I think that's fair. it, yeah. Because, I mean, the same time, this is a movie that opens with him beating a man to death with his bare hands in a bathroom. Yeah, but at the same time, it really makes me miss that classy Bond. And like I always say, it's like, why didn't they go with Clive Owen? Because he was in – there's a lot of talk about him. And then I remember in the movie The Pink Panther, he had an extended cameo as Agent 006. And he was oh, really – yeah, he was playing. Well, you know, I, I guess I, I don't know how to answer that. Uh, <laughs> but uh, he's in Pink Panther playing the secret agent, and he's really fun to watch. I really liked him, and I was like, man, he would have been perfect. He's he could have been tough and uh, and charismatic. But no, they went for Daniel Craig, and I don't think it was a terrible decision. I just don't think it was the best decision. Yeah, I definitely uh, got like a. Batman Begins vibe from Casino Royale because it kind of came out at the same time, right? A year. There was a few years. Yeah, but I just like when I watched it, that's what it reminded me of. Like, oh, they're they're taking Bond in the same direction as Batman. Yeah, they're they're setting him up for a darker franchise. And the new Bond is supposed to be pretty pretty good. Everyone's saying it's really great. It's really dark. I look forward to that. So. I've gotten over the Daniel Craig thing. Uh, My God, Martin Campbell has had a weird career. He directed this and Goldeneye. Did he do Green Lantern? Yeah. (laughs) That wasn't wasn't too good. And both those Zorro movies with Antonio Banderas. Sounds like a pretty great life to me. Those are all movies with super studs. There you go. <laughs> That's what attracts them. <laughs> All right. I can't think of any possible transition to this next Bond movie because it has a bizarre title. Oh, Quantum of Solace. This song is called Another Way to Die, and it's by Jack White and Alicia I spent the whole time trying to understand what the title meant. <laughs> no, that never really bothered me as much as it bothered you. Well, this movie's—I mean, aside title aside, was I feel like really confusing. I feel like uh, there's tons of Bond movies where you have no idea what the title means. Like, what? What does that have to do with anything? Uh, Sean's I mean, really hard on the title. <laughs> Octopussy. I—I I don't know what it means. But I can but, guess. I guess what, I, I, I know where they're going. Yeah, but it has going. nothing to do with the movie, does it? I know where they're going. Quantum of Solace. I got no idea what they're referencing, what they're trying to talk about. Thunderball, I have no idea what that means, and that's probably my favorite. Yeah. 
but I know it's like, oh yeah, that sounds cool. <laughs> quantum of Solace doesn't sound cool. I think it's. I'm just thinking, cool. okay, quantum, so something to do with time, solace, like solitude, or, uh, or, or no, no, like comfort. Uh, I'm <laughs> sure it's there. Yeah, I'm sure they didn't just make it up. They didn't just get up. Just get one of the, get over like a fridge and get This a guy was like, oh, this doesn't sound cool. Let's name it this. <laughs> no, I'm sure it makes some sense. It's just it's it just sounds weird. Uh, and this is an interesting song too. I still don't really know how I feel about it. I was trying to look back, I wrote a post about this on the blog, the song. Uh, I didn't really get a lot of insight though, so I don't know what I thought about it back then either. I did uh, edit it in bullet points. And none of them are interesting. <laughs> I don't think this is the greatest pairing of artists. I think that was kind of a weird choice. Yeah. I think Jack White uh, takes an interesting direction, though. He definitely puts his own spin on it, which is nice. I like. I guess I like it okay. I don't really you, like it. All right. It's kind of all over the place. Kind of like the movie. I actually kind of liked this movie. I remember. I thought it was really entertaining. Hell explosions. Yeah. <laughs> this is the last half of the movie. There's like this huge factory, and it's just like exploding for like 15 minutes. It takes forever for the whole thing to blow up. Yeah, definitely. And he's that. fighting diving bell and butterfly, and I thought it was pretty cool. Thought it was uh, interesting to do like a direct sequel. I don't think any of the other Bond movies are a direct sequel to each other. Yeah. I mean, this takes place like an hour later, right? What, what about Live and Let Die and Man with the Golden Gun? <laughs> Damn, you got me. <laughs> uh, but I don't know. The handy cam really bothered me in this movie. I feel like I had no idea what was going on. It definitely seemed like they're trying to just do a Jason Bourne type thing with this movie. And, I don't know. Yeah, I was just okay with it. And then there's just dumb touches, like, oh, this woman died, and instead of turning her to gold, like in Goldfinger, she's covered in oil. Oh, what the world's changed. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, but I feel like with Bond, if you get an okay movie, it's like, okay, that's, that's, that's a success. It's fine. It's fine. It's like you don't expect them to be amazing. Like when they're good, that's like, that's great. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know what that says. Did you like the action in this film, Sean? Oh, I, maybe I would have if I had any idea what the hell was going on. Sounds but like I you liked it in your original review. At least the action. I thought I gave it a pretty bad review. Yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like he was pretty negative on it. Maybe, maybe this is all, all sarcastic. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like Sean. Yeah, it could be because I'm just reading this thing where you say it surpasses the term action packed, <laughs> but that's probably sarcastic. <laughs> what a weird use of sarcasm. I know. I don't. I think. Is there yeah, more to that sentence? Yeah, it's like the sentence after that is like, well, that's like half of a sentence. The sentence after that sounds pretty negative. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, and I think it's, this was the one where it, it bothered me more that he wasn't 
uh, like doing James Bond things. Like he was just shooting people. He didn't have any gadgets. He didn't have any Q. Yeah. I'm just sorry. I'm just reading your review. Yeah, you don't like Daniel Craig either in this review. And I can't see my comment, but I can see the comment from Albert Medvek. Very good <laughs> written information. It will be beneficial to anyone who utilizes it, including me. Keep up the good work. Looking forward to more posts. What a guy. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't sound like you liked it. I kind of liked it. I saw it packed crossroads with peter williams and my brother that was weird it was awkward before the movie that was that night where he was with that girl who said this is john and paul they don't like to talk to people they don't know (laughs) (laughs) worst introduction ever How how do you come back from that okay i looked up my review but little did I know this film actually surpasses the term action-packed. They literally have every kind of conceivable chase sequence forced in here. I'm totally serious. There are so many chases and fights that I lost interest in fighting. <laughs> and I talk about shaky cam. It's sucking. Yeah. <laughs> I got 111 responses. One is from yeah. me. Most yes. of them are October 2011 when people came back. For my review, I had to come back. But yeah, I guess it seems whatever. It's not. I, it's. I, I mean, I like it okay, but I'm not gonna. I never fight for it. <laughs> I Jack White writes like, you know, hundreds of songs a year. It's kind of just another one he probably had sitting around. Yeah. It's cool to see him uh, get a stab at it, though. Yeah, I applaud the effort. And Alicia Keys, you were there too. Yeah, she's pretty forgettable. And that is weird. Which brings us to our latest Bond movie and our latest Bond song, Skyfall by Adele. That's too bad because I can't remember this one very well. Uh, Yes, it's it sounds like you would imagine a James Bond song to sound like if it was sung by Adele. Like they just went in and then wrote it on the spot. Probably, I feel like they announced that she was doing the song, and then like three weeks later, the song was out. <laughs> oh, crap, that. Yeah, that was disappointing because I remember there's all these other bands. I mean, I don't know that how many of them were like seriously considered, but like bands are always talking about. Like, I feel like they're talking about this for Quantum of Solace too. Muse has been in the talks for a long time to do like a Bond theme. <laughs> I feel like that'd be pretty funny. It definitely have the part they'd be like. But I like seeing them like return to like the British. Oh, that's kind of nice. Yeah. I kind of like it. It's fine. I feel like it, well, again, it would look, it would 
seem better with like sweet trippy intro. Right, I can totally intro see this. Would be pretty sweet. Yeah, I can totally see this working. And then you got the little Bond theme undertones there. Yeah, it does what it needs to do. And if it incorporated well, like you know, not them torturing his balls or something, <laughs> it should tickling his balls. <laughs> you tickle my balls. <laughs> <laughs> they can play clips from past movies that they gotta play that one. <laughs> I'm gonna be. I'm gonna I don't be, remember what he says. Something about his balls. <laughs> I'm gonna be really disappointed when I go back and watch Casino Royale and he doesn't say, You're tickled my balls. <laughs> <laughs> he says something about his balls, his testicles. Yeah, but it's not gonna be that. Oh, no, no. Yeah, no I was, I'm looking it up. He's like, he says, now the whole world's gonna know that you died scratching my balls. That is gonna tickling, but still pretty good. Um, but yeah, I don't really know anything about like Adele. I don't know that I'm her audience. I don't know. She's the singer, pop, whatever. She's got a great voice. She sings about relationships all the time. She seems to pretty much just use piano. Yeah. Yeah, That's cool. I, yeah I, she works for this, I guess. Yeah, like I agree, we're not her audience, but she's still a good singer, and it, it works, I think. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, she like, smokes. We... I know she's had like throat problems. I don't know why. If you are a famous singer, you would choose to smoke. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if like. We are Tom Jones's audience, either. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, no, I have Tom Jones' greatest hits. Okay, it's, maybe it's pretty worn out. <laughs> You're Tom Jones's audience. It's on vinyl. It's I gotta, you, know, you gotta get a new copy. It's Tom Jones, he gets to me. His voice just tickles my balls, my thunder balls. <laughs> I'm glad you had the courage to say that on air. That Tom Jones tickles my thunder balls? <laughs> yes, yes. Famous last words. All right, so, listen to making time? Almost. We gotta kill one. So, probably on the lower end is like, I don't know, a view to kill and the world is not enough? Maybe. Yeah, I don't really remember that one. Which one? Which the world one? is not. The world is not enough. See, so yeah, that one's really memorable to me for some I, reason. That one kind of grew on me a little bit. I'd probably okay. take that overview to kill. I don't know. It just seems a little more distinctive because it's so eighties. Does it? Does it have to be a view to kill at this point? Are, are the sixties basically untouchable? Of course not. <laughs> They're I, all. Pretty good. I guess Matt Monroe, I'm not in love with. That's about it, though. I like all the other ones. I still feel like Matt Monroe's a little better than some of the more recent ones to me, but I'm not like super attached to it. Yeah, I could live without that one on our list, but For Much Love with Love. You like For Much Love with Love, Nancy, right? I do. You gonna fight? What else is on the chopping board? Like uh, a view to kill. View to kill and world is not enough was on the lower end. 
still got golden eye too but i think that's yeah, yeah i definitely <laughs> don't like a view to kill but that's just because i don't like duran duran as much as you seem to <laughs> hey duran duran's all right okay yeah sure they're all right but that doesn't mean that that song's better than from russia with love mr nordmark from from high school he was all about duran duran <laughs> i don't know why i know that <laughs> That amuses me. <laughs> Doesn't seem like you would be. Uh, Duran Duran just seems like wussy to me. <laughs> yeah, I could kind of, but uh, I'm just not that into like '80s new wave. So. Hmm. You kind of cut out for me there. Did you say Duran Duran sounds like pussies to me? <laughs> I said a wussy. Oh, okay. Well, close enough. Yeah, I mean, it, it yeah. works for this conversation. Uh, Bunch of octopuses. <laughs> Sorry. Should it's be. not constructive. Uh, yeah, I could live without A View to Kill. I could live without From Russia with Love. I could live without Goldeneye. I could live without Goldeneye as well. Okay. Yeah, let's get rid of it. Sorry, Bono. Why didn't Why didn't you step up and sing it? Sweet edge guitar. <laughs> yeah, ding 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 ding. I can't like impersonate his echo guitar. <laughs> ding, 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 I tried. I tried. We both tried. It's tough. So we put a beauty kill at the bottom. I guess. I like it better than some of these, but that's eh, fine. Nancy's not about it. And then I'm, I don't know, I'm thinking either world is not enough or what else was, do we have something else lower? I guess from Russia with love. I probably like that better than the world is not enough. Yeah, let's go world is not enough. Okay. And then Russia? <laughs> it's funny listening to all those I definitely feel like I mean those songs weren't written to be like singles you know what I mean I do they were written to be you know one minute intros to this movie so that's where I, I just I don't that's where I get to I don't like the you know these newer ones as much as James Bond theme songs that makes sense. Yeah. No, yeah. I get that. That's okay, because none of the ones we have left are new at all. All of these are from the 60s or 70s. You know, I think I like From Russia With Love more than Diamonds Are Forever. Yeah. I, I still think that's a song that's, like, cooler than it actually is because of how Kanye West used it. Yeah, probably. It's good. It's good, but I don't, it's not one of the great ones. All right, I'm fine with that. Okay. Ben Seven from Russia with Love. It's fine. I guess yeah. I'm not that huge on Thunderball. Yeah, no, Thunderball's awesome. Thunderball's, uh, well, I, I like Thunderball better from Russia with Love. And I'm not from, just because I like the movie. And you're a huge Tom Jones fan, apparently. <laughs> I mean, that's my favorite movie, but it's not my favorite song. Uh, wow. 
Dude, he so let's passed play from out. Okay, he, he passed, passed out. out. <laughs> it's commendable. It's okay, I'm putting from Russia with love at seven. Um, and I think the next two, for me, it's Thunderball and uh, the Louis Armstrong one. No, not for me. For me, it's uh, Nobody Does It Better. Not because I don't think it's a good song, but because I don't think it worked in that movie. It doesn't feel remotely like James Bond. It doesn't work, I don't think, in that movie. I agree with Sean. <laughs> I, uh, I would say, yeah, for me, the next year, Thunderballer, we have all the time in the world. I, I just don't think nobody does it better. It deserves to be this high. I think it's a really classic song, John. I think it's one of the few that's bigger than Bond. <sighs> yeah. I mean, that's I like just, kind of a catchphrase with Bond. You're like, yeah, nobody does it better. Nobody does it better than all, him. All right, all right. I'm just saying I don't – it doesn't remind me of Bond in any way. But the okay, spy but, who loved me. Get it? Get it? So what were the next two? Then – and Colin, it's the Tom Jones one and the Louis Armstrong one. That's fine with me. Whatever. I mean, I like both of those a lot, but... Well, which order would you put them in? Oh, God, I don't know. It's hard. <laughs> what about you, Colin? Yeah, I, I don't care. I want to hear more from Nancy. Nancy. Nancy, you got to say more stuff. You've seen these most of these movies. I'd say Louis Armstrong... I'm not as in love with. I think I'm with you. Okay, so let's put that at number six. Plus, then John's favorite recording artist of all time, Tom Jones, makes the top five. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> six bombs. Six bombs. <laughs> I should should have ended it with that. Um, and then probably nobody does it better, right? Yeah. And then you only live twice. I think so. I like you yeah. only live. I mean, I like it better than Goldfinger, but I guess Goldfinger is kind of like the perfect Bond song. So I feel like it is. It's just the quintessential Bond song. I was just, okay. It just seemed weird because I don't feel like anyone was that into Shirley Bassey's vocals. I, I mean, are we, are, is it all right? It's, I, for, me, it's, it's num- for me, Goldfinger's number one. Nah. This is tough because it's like, it's Paul McCartney. (laughs) It's Wings, Paul McCartney. That's such an awesome song. It is. It's an awesome song. But is it an awesome James Bond theme as much as Goldfinger is? Well, nobody does it better. Nobody does it better got its spot from being bigger than the Bond movie. And Live and Let Die is still a big part of Paul McCartney's solo career, so... He's still you use the same argument video. there. Yeah, and I'm just like I like Goldfinger. I think it's a great song. I'm just not that into Shirley Bassey's vocals. Paul McCartney's my my bro. <laughs> Broseph Smith, Broseph Stalin, Sherlock Brooms, whatever you want to call it. So you're conceding, Sean? Yeah. All right. I was mainly yeah. saying it's my number one to explain why I'm putting it above. You only live twice. 
Okay. Yeah, I really could have gone either way. I think oh. they're both pretty awesome. See, I thought all three of you were just like, no, it's got to be live and let die. No, I, I could have seen Goldfinger going number one, but bros were four hoes, apparently. Nice. I just called Shirley Basie a hoe. I don't know how I feel about that. It's <laughs> yeah. probably exactly. what 007 would have done. McCartney, yeah. Beatles, the Brodels. Yep. yep, anything related to the Beatles, it's, it's going <laughs> to have a good chance of being number one on any of our lists. Aw, now you make me kind of regret it. Why? Because it's making me seem, oh, look at me, I'm so predictable. Yeah, basically. Like the Beatles win. Mm-hmm. Well, gotta live with we're that. good? I think we're good. You trying right. to overanalyze things? Hey, I got an idea. Here we go. <laughs> hey, buddy, let's go over here. Let's, let's do a little singing. Come Dad. on. Dad. No, come on. No. Hey, buddy, uh, can you play Accentuate the Positive? Uh, oh, no, I'm just I'm just noodling around. The real pianist doesn't come till nine. Oh, well, well you can fake it, can't you? Well, no, not really. I actually only know three songs. America the Beautiful, Happy Birthday, and Goldfinger. That's all right, buddy. No, no, no. Come on, guys. We were going to sing a happy song. Let's sing a happy song. Yeah, come on. Yeah. Uh, uh, play Goldfinger. We don't know the words yeah. to that. Oh, come on. You knew it when you were kids. It'll cheer you up. Come on. Hit it. James Bond theme songs. Number 10, A View to Kill by Duran Duran. Number 9, The World is Not Enough by Garbage. Number 8, Diamonds Are Forever by Shirley Bassey. Uh, Number 7, From Russia with Love uh, by Matt Monroe. Number 6, We Have All the Time in the World by Louis Armstrong. Number 5, Thunderball by Tom Jones. Number 4, Nobody Does It Better by Carly Simon. Number 3, you Only Live Twice by Nancy Sinatra. Number two, Goldfinger by Shirley Bassey. And number one, Live and Let Die by Paul McCartney and Wings. And so now I'll just take a moment to remind you we have a website over at mildlyplease.com. You can review us on iTunes. You can send death threats to T3 at mildlyplease.com. Uh, but be warned, uh, we have a license to kill as well, and we might come find you sort of Liam Neeson-esque. Until next time, we've been Top 10 Thursdays. Goodbye. He's the man, the man with the Midas touch. A spider's touch. Such a cold finger.